Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! What is up? What is going on? What is happening? How is it going? How is it working? Is it working? Is it going very well? <laughs> is, are the wheels kind of wobbling a bit? Is it going to fall apart? Are you are you worried? Do you feel like it's going okay? Are you kind of excited and hopeful? Or are you sort of you know depressed and despairing? Are you bored? Are you bored? And you're just kind of listening because it's like, God, pump me up or something. I don't know. Hey, welcome to the Fizzle Show. You know, building a creative idea into reality is no walk in the park for most of us because we get stuck in our heads because we don't understand how certain things that are very simple things work and nobody ever taught us that that's no bad that hey that there's a lot of us a lot of us in that situation i'm one of them and so we had to learn some things but one of the biggest things we got to learn is how not to get trapped in our head have you heard that statement like that idea of being like no i'm stuck in my head God, I'm stuck in my head again. Hold on, you're stuck in your head. Hold on, you're thinking too much about it. Oh, you're thinking too hard about it. Let it go. Let it go. Get off it. Let it go, right? These ideas of like getting stuck in our head, getting stuck in some sort of like things are going on like crazy. Sometimes that's what it's like doing a business, right? Well, today we're talking about a topic that is that is related to that in in I think a very a very important way. I don't know. It's just like we're going to be getting into uh, an, an area that opens up this whole this whole like bouquet this whole bouquet of of um, I don't know of decision making I guess of of ways that we can get stuck in our head or that we can open up actually inquire and actually like think through the things that we want to be doing in life and the only way you could do that is you got to kind of get out out of your head a little bit you got to get out of your of your your constant need to be right your constant need to know and predict the future your constant listen you're an entrepreneur baby you cannot predict the future. You are you are boldly going where no man or woman has gone before. You're creating your business right and your business happens in a very particular time and place and has a very particular per- very particular purpose and it serves a very particular people right and so who knows if this thing's going to work and at what level but like if you're feeling like I want to try it anyways I'm going to go for it anyways well then we've got to start at getting in dialogue with a with a a thing that happens to every entrepreneur at some point which is the question of should I scale this thing or not should I to scale or not to scale? Okay, this is what we're getting into today. But I think one of the things I want you to listen for is is where you sense like the the <laughs> the where you think you're going to get the answer to that question, right? Because we can't answer that for you. We're going to tell you some stories of of people who are doing it different ways. We're going to tell you our own stories. We're going to tell you. We're going to talk to you about like why this issue is such a uh, a tantalizing kind of a delicious question and and a challenging one for a lot of entrepreneurs, right? But. I want you to spend extra special attention thinking about where are you actually going to find the answer to a question like this, like to scale or not to scale? Are you going to listen to, are you going to find some entrepreneur who looks a lot like you and thinks the way that you do and then go like do what that person did? Or are you going to have to come up with your answer yourself? I don't know. What are you going to do? In the meantime, Corbett, Steph, how you guys doing? Steph, say what's up. What's what's your world like? You did like you you your husband just did an Iron Man. <laughs> Hi everybody. Yes, I am married to a officially a two time Iron Man. 
Uh, we just did the we <laughs> we just did. Uh, <laughs> you know, it feels like we. Okay, supporters out there, yeah. I'm sure there are people listening who have family members and spouses who do Ironman. Oh my God, we clocked those of us who watched. Um, my husband's mom and I were together all day. We clocked eight miles just on foot, spectating and getting his bike. So I'm actually pretty tired, but um. It was great. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we did that. And then I know uh, a couple episodes ago, I talked about my retreat that was coming up. That happened and it was a huge success. Yeah, Tons of fun. Uh, it's been it's been an exciting time over here for sure. Wow. Intense. And Corbett, how are you doing? I'm tired just hearing what Steph has been up to. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, things have been good. We're uh, hiring several people at Fizzle and uh, I have been on the phone like a crazy man lately. Mm. Booyah. Booyah. So like, like what, what, can you give us a little update? Like what's going, what, what are the people, what are, what's, what's the schedule here? What are we looking at? You're, you're hiring a bunch of people. Can you give us a little peek behind the curtain? Yeah. I'm, well, it's hard to say, you know, given when this airs, but, uh, we opened up a bunch of positions and, um, I'm not saying this on the podcast to get people to apply because we probably will have these filled already. Just keep that in mind if you're listening to this, but, yeah. um, we, are hiring a new member success person, a content person, a growth person, and and maybe a coach as well. And uh, I'm just trying to go one by one and find the best candidates. Luckily, we, within Fizzle, when we open up these roles, we just get so many people, so many amazing people who have been part of our community over the years. A lot of times I'm shocked to see certain people apply and, you know, you get that, that tingle once in a while. And this has happened before when I started working with you, Chase, a long time ago and, uh, Caleb and Barrett and Steph, you, you guys all just, you know, kind of like wowed me. And I was so excited. We gave you, can we get a little specific about the tingle exactly? Like where, where (laughs) on your butt, like point point to the doll, (laughs) point to the doll on where you feel the tingle. Uh huh. Uh huh. You just know it sometimes. Okay, got it. Got it. <laughs> I love that. Dude, that's amazing. So uh, so if people if people are hearing this and they just want to throw their hat in the ring, yeah, is yeah, there yeah, a way? Sure. sure. Um, over at our uh, blog, which is fizzle.co slash sparkline, you'll find a post from a couple of weeks ago about Fizzle is hiring. The description of the positions are listed there. And... Um, you know, the, uh, the manner in which you should apply is also explained there. The roles that you would have a best, the best shot at now would probably be the growth role, um, or perhaps content as well. We're kind of still in the mix for those. Nice. So this is perfect for our question today. Yeah. Which comes from a fizzler in the forum, forums, Aiden, who, who's wondering like to scale or not to scale. Can you set up, set this up for us, Corbett? Maybe like read to us a little bit or how do you want to start this, this thread right here? Yeah. And you just, <laughs> this, this really just kind of uh, made a little bit more sense to me when we're talking about hiring a growth role and uh, we're about <laughs> to talk about scaling. So, uh, you know, I think there's just something in the water lately because we are surrounded by entrepreneurs, many of whom run very successful businesses, but also have decided to keep their business lean and profitable and to retain some freedom and flexibility. And I think that there was a time when people just assumed that a business existed to grow and scale and to try to make as much money as possible. But now people are realizing there are all of these interesting alternatives. 
And um, this kind of came to light in the forums recently because we have a member named Aiden Fishbein who has been very successful over the past couple of years building a, what he calls a, a digital agency, you know, one of these firms that does branding and design and full service sort of marketing for bigger companies. So I thought we'd start just by reading Aiden's, uh, his, his conundrum here, which is to scale or not to scale. So Aiden says, I've been bouncing off a glass ceiling for a while now with my agency. Spent the first half of this year trying to break through, but to no avail. As I tried each new thing, I would uncover lessons showing me ways I should have built my business from the start, like proper niching or partnership, interest distribution, etc. The greatest frustration of all, however, was that I couldn't institute any of these lessons now that the train was full steam ahead. It was clear the only way to change tracks was to literally head, head back down the track the way I came, unbuilding and deconstructing my business as I went until I found another track to take the fork that the lesson instructed. This looked exhausting. And then I considered something. Sitting at the ceiling actually wasn't that bad. Income was good, bills were paid, free time was decent. I then realized that there was a whole bucket of strategies that I had overlooked, the ones that didn't increase revenue, but rather decreased labor. The last six months have seen me free up more and more of my time where the machine continues to spit out the same services and value for my clients. So here's where I would love some input from y'all. I'm really digging my lifestyle right now, but I'm beginning to itch again. I'm tempted to leave my machine alone and start another completely unrelated side hustle, perhaps a royalty-free music production business or an Airbnb tycoon hood or venture out as a sci-fi author or a Bitcoin day trader. I'm almost healed from the last at bat. Or so I confront the glass ceiling again, I may make it through with the extra thought energy I've amassed, but this risks breaking through to an undesirable tied to the desk lifestyle. What would you do? Mm. Mm. Well, I think Bitcoin is real hot right now. So we should just start <laughs> there. Say. Start there. And I think he was pretty much kidding about all those, but <laughs> but I get totally. I get this feeling, right? The the question is you know, not just to scale or not to scale, but if we don't scale, then what does that mean? What does our business look like if we kind of intentionally decide not to scale? Does it mean that we spend half of our time working on something else? Or is there some way for us entrepreneurs who are constantly looking for challenges, is there a way for us to remain happy and, uh, you know, feel like we're being challenged and exercising all that we're capable of within a business that isn't scaling. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is, this is a tantalizing question because as we were saying in the pre-call thing, like um, I know a lot of people are going to hear this and uh, some people are going to hear this. And they're going to go like, dude, I wish I was in that boat. Like, cause, cause where's Aiden start? He starts with like, I got the business, but working hard on it. It's going pretty well. Got to think about doing something else. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's going pretty well. And I know a lot of people that I've interacted with at Fizzle um, over the years have, uh, like, and myself personally as well, I probably collect people like this, who are, who are like, um, like, just like, I'm in an idea and I want it to come to life, but I'm, I'm afraid of that. I I'm, I'm kind of in my own way about it. I'm, I'm making up tons of excuses about why I can't work or why I shouldn't. And I'm, what I'm really not doing is I'm just not committed to like action on, on it in some ways. And so I'm frustrated that my business isn't bigger. 
Do you know what I mean? I'm frustrated that I'm not in a place where I could ask, like, you know, do I want to start something else too? Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Like, so what I love about where Aiden's coming from is, is it's a glimpse into the world of this reality that can take place where, wherein you build a business, it gets a little successful. Like you're like paying your bills, things are kind of going well, and then you still have the like, what am I doing? <laughs> Mm-hmm. What what do I and I just call it like the like th- this is like my friends always make fun of me because I'm like you know I turn everything into an existential dilemma of some kind. My <laughs> wife, most more than anybody, is just my wife. It's just my wife, and she's like, dude, they're just dishes. Do the dishes and I'll, don't turn it into an ex- an existential crisis. <laughs> You know, because it's like constantly this like, am I doing what I what I really feel I'm supposed to do? Or like, am I am I fully alive? Am I living my best life now? You know, it's like always just like wanting there to be fireworks going off and like musicians playing or something like that. And I have experienced this personally where I where we we like working with Corbett and Steph and Caleb and Barrett through the years building fizzle real thing real thing and you still get the itch you still like go like all right maybe i'm more than this one business that like like i've i've had a lot of conversations with aiden and i've also worked in the digital agency world and it's very common to be in the digital agency world and and be working with clients and making a lot of interesting stuff but to go like is this all i am is this what is this really all i'm doing so i hear that in Aiden's question, this just this like kind of like this old familiar question to me, like, hey, is this what I really want to be doing? Like, it's working, it's working. You know, I'm making some revenue, but is this really what I want to be doing? Steph, what do you what do you hear in Aiden's question? Yeah, I mean, for me, it comes back to this very interesting dilemma that I think when you're first starting out, you almost can't imagine. Like, it it kind of feels like one of those problems. It's like, really, dude, how is that a real problem to have? Because I'm sure if you guys think all the way back to the first time you ever tried building something, the thought of of getting to where you actually want to be, which is your business providing for you and being stable, it almost feels like that day is never going to come. And you build and build and build and build towards it. And so then you get to that point and you look around and you're kind of like, oh, <laughs> okay, so what do we do now? And what really yeah. stands out to me is I think, and I'm absolutely guilty of this myself, but if you don't necessarily, you know, and I know it's cliche, we talk about it a lot, but if you're, if all of your, if everything that you're working for is not tethered to something in terms of what it means to you, whether it's the kind of life that you're trying to have, or even as simple as asking yourself, like, what does your perfect day look like? And how do you, you know, align your business so you get closer and closer to getting to live that? When you don't have a good sense of that, which these are hard questions to answer, quite honestly, you might, you may find yourself getting to this point where things are good and yet you've got that itchiness that he describes here that will keep you from ever being satisfied. So I've experienced this. We were talking a little bit about this before we started recording here that I've known people that this has really hit them hard where they were so excited about getting to, you know, some some benchmark in terms of revenue or however you set your goals. And then once you get there, they're like, okay, well now I'm almost bored. So why don't we like forget getting to 
$500,000 a year in revenue. Let's go to a million. And you don't really ask that question of what does that mean to me? And like, why? (laughs) Other than the fact that that would be a new thing to go and do. So I do think a lot of times um, there is this sort of knee jerk, like scaled. I think I said this before as growth for growth's sake, like you grow because that's what you do, right? You hit a goal, you make a new goal. But I think it's very easy to wander away from what all of this is for. And the danger there is you can hit any benchmark in the whole world. And if you don't really know what it's for, that satisfaction, I don't think will come from the inherent like like smashing of the goal. It's just not going to get you where you want to be. So that's really what stands out to me is like almost feels as though the first thing to do is to take a step back. And, and like I said, think, what do I really want my day-to-day life to look like? And then like what needs to happen to get me from point A to point B? I think we go that route far less frequently than the knee-jerk sort of like, okay, we hit this goal. Now what's the next one? And what's the next one? So that that way of thinking has been something that I've been trying to make my new normal, but it's not always easy because I do think we live in this culture of more growth all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like this sense of like growth for growth's sake or yeah. something like that. Corbett, you've mentioned a few times in in this call already, and I love it. I want to hear you talk more, a little more about this concept of of uh, we all like to have challenges. Like as entrepreneurs, like we, it's kind of like it, like it's almost like challenges. Uh, challenges kind of like they kind of make some meaning or something is what it seems like to me. They kind of they kind of inherently uh, offer a place to I guess to kind of prove yourself and and to to sort of be be the victor. But they also I don't know they provide a problem that's worth solving a lot of times. What Steph's saying about like like the why figuring out why you want to do something, figuring out what your life what you want your day to day to actually look like and work back from there to make that happen as she says that i'm i'm juxtaposing that with what you've said about like having challenges which seems like a bit of an internal motivation for you corbett tell me a little bit more about like about your your kind like how you experience these like challenges or how you experience like the meaning or the why in your work well and I, I think everybody um, has to figure this out for themselves because we're all motivated by different things. But there is an aspect of human psychology that is that derives satisfaction from um, meeting goals. And you know, I know that um, Chase, you've probably been working on this a lot lately. You can, through meditation and um, you know, just a, a different philosophy, kind of convince yourself or or work beyond that fundamental human need and and maybe not be so goal oriented but most of us end up being goal oriented to some degree and you know it, it kind of gets back to the parable of the mexican fisherman which we talked about once on on this show a long time ago Jeez. we did more than talk about it there was like music underneath it I, I, right. it was such a good I loved that that was way before my time and i thought that was amazing <laughs> oh man dude i'm not even gonna put a link to where it happens motivated fizzle show listeners can probably search you know google for fizzle mexican fisherman and find the episode if they haven't listened to it but it's, i remember remember that very well it's certainly worth finding and and listening to the whole thing uh first of all it's not derogatory to say mexican fishermen there are fishermen who are mexican and this story (laughs) which i think i heard um from tim ferris maybe originally the gist of it is basically that uh 
to Americans or to uh, Westerners, to, you know, driven, um, business oriented people, a lot of times we feel like we need to go through this whole crazy experience in life of building something, scaling it, uh, selling it, making millions of dollars. But then the question is, well, what do you do after that? And for, for a lot of people, they feel like the answer is, well, you know, I would retire to a Mexican beach town where I could spend my days fishing and surfing and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, at the same time, there are people who are already doing that in Mexico or wherever, because that's the life that they were born into. And they didn't have to go and, uh, you know, go through all this stress and, and building a business and selling it in order to make that happen. So, uh, you know, uh, this American business type might go down there and have ideas for how the fisherman could scale up his operation. But the question is, what's the point and what are you trying to achieve at the end of the day? So it's, it's along the lines of what Steph was talking about with, you know, figuring out what your why is, a lot of people who don't have a strong why, uh, I've seen this over and over again with entrepreneurs who have been successful, who sell their business, maybe take some time off or go travel the world, and then they're kind of bored by that. And so they end up going back and starting another business because they just miss yeah. that chaotic kind of lifestyle. I think it's you know true for people who have been in the military overseas in like really tense situations, you kind of get addicted to that, Mm. that feeling of being like, you know, having to be on and uh, doing something really important. And the same is true of, you know, police and, and so on. It's just kind of hard to get out of that mode once you've gotten hooked on that, that adrenaline and that excitement. And so a lot of people who build businesses, even if they are successful, they don't end up going on to lead that, idyllic lifestyle that they thought they might, or that people might think they want to do, they end up just taking Mm. on more and more challenges. So, you know, the question is for, for those of us building businesses now, um, a lot of us get to this kind of fork in the road where for a long time, as Chase was saying, all we're doing is focused on putting food on the table and being able to support ourselves and being able to leave our day jobs. And that's the only thing we can think about rightly so for, you know, a number of years. But then we, we get to a point where things are going kind of well. And by default, just given the way our society works, most of us kind of just jump into taking on the next milestone challenge and, you know, trying to improve our metrics to the next level, whatever that is. And usually it ends up being um, mostly money oriented or growth oriented goals. I think there's an alternative path which uh, a lot of people, as I said, you know, people, the kinds of businesses that we're surrounded by, I can think um, specifically of people like Paul Jarvis, who has a book coming out that we'll talk about in just a second. Um, James Clear. Uh, We were talking before the call about ConvertKit, which is Nathan Berry's company that, that Barrett Brooks is now um, COO of. They even, even though they're a larger company, they have put some artificial caps on the number of employees they want to hire because Nathan just doesn't feel like he wants to run a massive company. So there's an alternative to just growing, which is to ask yourself, instead of simply getting bigger, what if we got better in a way? Or what if we operated at this kind of modest size, but did things that really felt good to us, that felt useful and challenging and interesting Um, but that weren't all oriented around growth. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting 
interesting way to juxtapose the <clears throat> the two sort of paths. And now anytime you hear someone talking about like there's two ways of looking at things, you always want to go like, well, what's the non-dualistic perspective on it? Right. But like, but the, and I think that like these examples of Vanessa Van Edwards, James Clear, Paul Jarvis, Nathan Barry, John and Dana of Minimalist Baker, Jeff Goings, um, you Corbett and us at Fizzle, uh, Steph, the way you're building your business. I just like, there is a bit like you started the whole conversation, Corbett, with like, there's almost like there's something in the water where a a new age of entrepreneurship uh, or new age of entrepreneurs are just sort of like questioning this whole idea of a company has to get big a company has to do this that or the other and one of the biggest sort of i guess gl- like you know lights shining out there that i see is probably the base camp guys Right, Corbett. Tell me about like talk to, for a second about like about if if you see I don't do you see a connection to the to the Jason Fried and the David Hanemeyer Hansen, the Base Camp Thirty Seven yeah. Signal guys how they relate to this question because I think a lot of people don't know of that company and haven't been following them to be to be honest. Yeah, we we used to talk a lot about them and and they were certainly um, some people that opened my eyes to this and and they probably deserve a lot of credit. Uh, you know, along with Tim Ferriss to some degree because of what he did with, um, four hour work week. But the, the base camp guys started, uh, around the year 2000 or so as a de- design agency and then eventually built a product called base camp, which is project management. And along the way, they did business a little differently than a typical company. And they've written several books, which are incredible. Uh, one of them is called rework. And in there, uh, they have compiled a lot of their philosophies on business into just several pages each. And they have been frequently, you know, over the years talking about this thing that growth isn't necessarily better. So, you know, they're kind of in a way, uh, grandparents to this, this concept, I'd say. Uh, there mm. may be others from, from way back when, but, but, um, definitely they deserve a shout out for this. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, there's, so there's like this new age of entrepreneur in some ways where it's like we're developing and it reminds me of very, like we always, we, I was, <laughs> we're always talking about, I used to talk about like the Phoenician fish markets and shit like that, where it was like, I was like being a cobbler, mm-hmm. you know, a cobble, a cobblestoner and, and like, the, hey man. Hey man, you want a road here? All right. So the, the idea is, is very old to me, right? It's just like, it's like a pre-internet idea. It's a pre-industrialization idea in some ways, right? And I see the very same trends happening like all over, you know, and, and how, and, and how we process our information and just like, like with music, like everything's free on Napster now. And so how you relate to music becomes a completely different thing than how, than how we were during those 30 years when we were buying, you know, records and CDs and stuff like that. And, and now on the other side of it, like the whole market is fragmented and there's a whole new way of being a musician, right? A lot of older musicians would be like, this sucks. A lot of newer musicians would be like, what are you, what are you cranky about old man? You know? And, and it's just like these these ways of doing something like being an entrepreneur can go through shifts. So, because Gary Vaynerchuk said something in two thousand eight at the Web two summit or something like that, doesn't necessarily mean it's it's true in the same way today that it was true then. And so I love this question because it, it's it's to me an entry point for like what is entrepreneurship becoming. 
What are the, what, cause I'm, I'm principally interested in that question because I want to know what I should be thinking and worrying about and what I can stop thinking and worrying about. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Like I want to just focus on things that are important to be worrying about and not just like spinning my wheels. Cause I read some blog post by Pat Flynn that like, man, now I got to figure out what the, what to do with this social network or something like that. You know? It's like there's, there is a finite amount of time. There is a finite amount of energy that we have to spend on the things that we're building. And I think it's just so like basic arithmetic that if we don't have some clarity around why we want to be doing this thing, we want to be building this, we, why we want to make this a success, um, and what that will mean for our life, this like sort of area of intention. Cause I think a lot of us walk into entrepreneurship and just go, can I do it? Could I do it? I think I might be able to do it. Can I do it? And so like so much of the original sort of investment, energetic investment in making a business is, is just like trying to prove to myself and to others that I can do it. Right. I certainly have, have experienced that. You know, I see that hand. This is like, like anybody else out there? I see that. I see that hand, right? Where a lot of times you're doing entrepreneurship just to see if you can do it, to prove it to yourself and to others. But then like Corbett's saying, there's, there can oftentimes be these shifts and I, there can be these shifts. Okay, where that thing starts to get successful and now you're you're given the same exact question that you were given before you even started this whole thing. Where it's just like, what do you want? <laughs> right? What do you want? And you took that and ran with it towards towards like, I, I think I could do this, and you just got all hopped up on doing the entrepreneur thing. And look at that, you made this amazing thing. Look what you can make. That's incredible. And now the question still persists, because you never really answered that question. What do you want? What do you want? What's your intention? And how Steph, I love how Steph put it. She said, you know, think about well, what do I want my day to day to look like? And then work backwards from there. Like, what do you want your day to day to look like? I mean, I did a whole presentation at ConvertKit about this very topic where it was really, it's like, it's like, how do you want it to feel? And I think, I think thinking about how you want it to feel is a little bit of a trick for mm-hmm. our, our minds because it, it, it means it's, it's not just like, it means success is internal as well as external. It, it has internal results as well as external results. And so the question of how do you want it to feel then? And then the question is, can you start feeling it now? Can, like, cause I, what, what I want, my entrepreneur, like, what I want is to feel like I'm contributing to something that matters. Like, I'm working on things that are important. I'm using my voice. I'm using my voice. That's a very big one for me. I'm doing it my way. I'm like, I'm being chase when I do this thing, right? I'm, I'm contributing to problems that, that I think are kind of significant in the world, which might be like helping people get a bag. And I can make that really significant. Like, to me, that's a, that, I, 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 it's a little moment where a lot of significant things can be happening. So, like, I, I find that there's this need for both this external significance, like it matters to other people. Also this internal significance, it matters to me. And then like a way of doing it. That's like, I have to be doing, I have to feel like I'm being myself when I'm doing this work. That's how I want my success to feel. And then I also want this other stuff, which is probably where, <laughs> where a lot of other smarter entrepreneurs start, <laughs> which is like, it needs to make this much money. <laughs> it needs to not, it needs to not take too much of my time. It needs to, you know, I'll all of this sort of stuff. And that's just all I'm doing there is, is like literally cognitively out loud going through that question that Steph asked. What do you want your day to day to look like? Mm-hmm. Or to put it in, in, in maybe another, another way, how do you want it to feel? How do you want your day to day to feel? 
And then let's work backwards from there or let's design, strategize, let's, let's, let's design the fulfillment of that intention into the company that I'm building. Because you could do that with, the, what you realize is you could do that with a lot of different kinds of businesses. You could do that with a lot of different kinds of projects. And Aiden might be like, Starting up, having an agency doing that and really should go do the Bitcoin thing or the sci-fi writer thing or something just because it's like, dude, you're going to have to listen to your heart to just get into whatever's next and see what happens. I feel like at some point, but that might be the, like the raw, like not at all what, what another person in the same situation would intuitively decide to do because it's just different. And like Corbett said earlier on. People are motivated by different things. You are going to have to learn what you're motivated by. (laughs) You're going to have to learn what you're in this for, why you're alive in some ways. Because I think if I can connect you to your survival and thriving sort of like nervous system or whatever emotional system or whatever it is that's inside your spirit or whatever, I can connect your, your survival thrival thing with with the entrepreneur thing, with the business that you're trying to make, then there's a lot more energy that we can use to like make it a success. Um, or you could, you could just kind of not, you could just be protecting yourself and just going like, listen, I don't want to stick my neck out too far. I don't want to fail. I don't want to burn out super hard and fast. I'm afraid I wouldn't get up from that. So I'm going to go and take it a little slower, which is also fine, which is honestly tends to be my my way of doing things. I don't know, Steph, what are you hearing over there? No, it's, it's, it's great. And I think what comes to mind for me is what we're talking about is really tricky. Like this is some tricky stuff because these questions that you're suggesting we ask ourselves, whether it's the, how do you want it to feel? What do you want the ideal day to look like? I have found like, how crazy is it that for many of us working yourself like crazy, hustling, getting up early, staying up late, doing all the work, like Mm. making yourself crazy with the hustle is actually on some levels easier than asking the questions that you're suggesting, which is so bizarre to me because it's like, I've, I've been there many times over. It's actually like a cycle for me, as you guys know at this point. And I have to come back and be like, hold on, like, what, like (laughs) we're wandering away from like mission critical here. And Mm. it's, it's, it's easier for a lot of, this is why I say this because there's people out there I know who need to hear this. It is likely easier for you to ask the question of how do I scale? How do I keep going? How do I do this? Because you look around and you see the people you look up to doing it and without even thinking about it, you go and do it because there's an element of keeping up with the Joneses and what we believe success to be and all of these things. Whereas stopping and slowing down and asking the questions that we're talking about is by far more difficult because that's getting to know you. That's getting to know what you're here to do. And like a lot of us avoid that like the plague. So I've had a number of people that I've worked with in my coaching who really have resisted this and always come back and are like, you know, Steph, I didn't want to slow down long enough to ask these questions because it's a little scary. You have to have some faith like in Aiden's question where he's like, it's it's exactly what he's doing. He's like, I know I could just put my head down and go, go, go and try to get to that next level. But what he's saying without saying is he's intentionally pausing to look at this thing and say, hold on a second, like this is working. Do I need to, you know, keep beating my head against the wall to try to get to the next level? Or is it possible that this is where I want it to be? And there could be some other reality that actually brings me a deeper satisfaction. So I know this is deep stuff, but I, man, I always think it's, it's one of those things where if you don't take that step back, 
You'll never know if it's if you're truly going in the direction that you need to be going by scaling or if you're just doing it because you want to be Tony Robbins. I can't tell you how many people, believe it or not, guys, I've coached a number of people who are like, I want to be the Tony Robbins of something. And it's always a red flag to me because I'm like, why? Why do you want to be that? Like, what do you want to be? And so I think we have to take a step back and ask ourselves, are we shooting for something because it's what we've seen other people do and they appear to be happy? Or is there some version that's customized to us that's worth spending some time cultivating and then making sure that we're actually pointing towards that? Mm, I think that's big. Corbett, where, where does this take you? I mean, it sounds like we're, we're talking about, um, on one level, we're talking about very like, like what I'll call, what I call it kind of woo, woo concepts around intention, around desire, around like what, what your why is and stuff like that. And I know that, that you actually, you tend to, you take those concepts and you actually really ground them. Like you just really, like you make them very grounded because you are, are always like, you've been doing that exact thing for a while and going with whatever's coming and it's not it's almost like you it's it seems to me tell me if 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 this resonates at all with you Corvo or tell me how you think about it it seems to me like a while ago you kind of had this realization that's like you got you to everybody's got to take their own life into their own hands they got to do what they want in life you got to get it's like this this is a smorgasbord out here and you should be able you should do what you what you want to do and to figure out what that is and go after it and be sensible about it. Be kind person. Don't be rude and, and go and go with it. And then like you, you made that, that realization, you did made the decision. You learned how to just be doing that. And then it's like, not like that. It necessarily is an arrival at anything. That's just like the very beginning of the journey of creating the, or co-creating the rest of your life together with like with whatever's happening in the marketplace or in the relationship with your spouse or your family or uh or where you choose to live or anything like that so where do where do you land at like what do you how do you think about this this stuff how do you think it, it should be grounded for individuals when we're talking about what is it like should he scale or not scale well what's your why well we you know i think We've talked before about how maybe some of us could be happy just instead of pursuing entrepreneurship. What if we could be happy just, you know, driving a UPS truck or um, doing something that is like clearly defined? You show up, you do your work, and then you, you, you leave it behind and you go home and, and you get to do whatever it is that you're interested in. And um, for a lot of us as entrepreneurs, that doesn't make sense because although we get into entrepreneurship because we have ideas about the life that we want to live and the things that we want to be capable or the things that we want to be able to do, um, a lot of which revolves around travel and spending more time with friends and family and pursuing certain hobbies or um, maybe giving back to certain communities, those sorts of things. Most of us also at the same time are just so driven by, again, challenge that we have to make sure that the time that we spend at work is feels worthwhile and um, feels um, exhilarating and, and fun. Mm. And so, you know, the way I look at it is, you know, they say sometimes um, happy wife, happy life. I mm. also feel like, you know, as my business goes, so goes my mental state. 
afterwards. You know, it's like if things aren't going well at work for some reason, just the fact of the matter is that we, we all spend, you know, even those who don't work that much still are spending five or six hours a day at work. And some of us spend even more. It's hard to disengage from that if it's not going well and then still go on to live, you know, the, the life that you want. So if Mm. we're all going to be spending that kind of time, uh, then we want to feel like things are going well. And what determines how we feel things are going is usually the goals that we set. And maybe that's a big lesson here, which is you can make yourself all kinds of frustrated by setting goals that are unattainable. And um, you can look at other people who seem to be very happy with where they're at. And maybe that's because they've learned how to set expectations and set goals that um, give them more ability to be satisfied. They're operating in, in different um, you know, in a different world. We, I was actually just this last week to put more concrete point on it. I was building a new metrics dashboard. And, um, you know, this is something that we've done from time to time at Fizzle. And, you know, given that we have new people coming on, I want to make sure that the things that they're going to be doing are clear. And just knowing what motivates people, a lot of, um, you know, employees like to know what they're being measured against and what they're trying to achieve. And so I'm, I'm developing this metrics dashboard and I just kind of threw some numbers on there in terms of like what the target is for the, the coming months or whatever. And then I flipped over and I looked at this dashboard and the way I constructed it was that it had a series of green and red indicators based on how um, the business had performed versus the month before and how it was performing versus the plan or the target. And yeah. it's crazy to look at how you know, I flipped over and I, and I saw like a bunch of red and I had assigned scores based on, you know, the number of these that were green versus red. And the scorecard initially came up as like giving last month a D out of, you know, on, on a grade, grade level. And it's like, you know, you get a feeling from that. You're like, oh man, this is not going well. But then you can flip back over to the, um, the settings in this, this is just an Excel spreadsheet and change the targets and suddenly the picture gets a little rosier, you know? And so you can control how you feel about your business based on those challenges that you're setting for yourself. And I think a lot of it just comes from accepting what society or what other business owners um, feel you should care about or you assume they think you should care about. And so growth and, you know, building a million dollar business or whatever, we have these milestones in mind that we just tend to accept if, as Steph said earlier, we don't really consider what our why is. And so, you know, within those metrics, maybe there should be some things, especially if this is like a personal dashboard, you have to remember that your business doesn't operate in a vacuum. You also have a body and relationships and, other needs and and interests and desires. And so maybe that, that dashboard should consider those things as well. You know, if you're doing great in your business, but, um, ever, ever growing, uh, you know, more sedentary and, and out of shape, then what good is that going to do you? So Mm. it's really about considering more than just business. I think when you're setting these goals. 
Yeah, that's fascinating idea that the idea that you can and it's one that I've I, I mean, we've experienced so many times it to, working together at Fizzle. It's like you can really control how you feel about the, <laughs> the current situation. You can control or not control, but you can you there's a range of potential feelings you could have about where you are right now. So Aiden, for example, has this range of feelings from dissatisfaction to hope and excitement around, around something new to fear around making the wrong decision. Right. And so all of these things are, are, are at, at work there. And if you had a kind of a metrics dashboard that was able to kind of, to just give you a readout on what the most important things in your life are and how you, according to you, and how you're doing on those things. And you know what this makes me instantly think of is that, I don't know if you guys have ever done any Stephen Covey stuff, but like the seven habits of highly effective people, the, um, the, uh, uh, the urgent and important thing, all of that stuff mm-hmm. in, in what's that book called? What's that like productivity? Getting things gotta, done? Yeah. No, that's David oh, Allen. That's David Allen. Yeah. 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 But there's that, another that one that Stephen. That's from seven habits. The seven habits of highly effective oh, people. Yeah. Is, is urgent important as well. There yeah. was another one he did that was like just on like kind of personal productivity almost. But one of the things that he gets into, and this is just straight up, this is just straight up Tony Robbins, who is just straight up like all the guys that came before him, the Jim Rones and the Zig Ziglers and all of that stuff. It's like, dude, you may like take a piece of paper, put eight lines on it. <laughs> These are like eight roles that you play or eight areas of your life that matter to you. Steph does this and builds this out in her own course and teaches you how to, this is in fizzle, teaches you how to like just put whatever categories you want in there. But you think about Stephen Covey has, you think about your roles and, and your roles. For, so for me, it's like, well, I'm a dad, you know, and I'm a husband and I'm a son and I'm a, I'm a creative and I'm a mystic or whatever. And I come up with these things that are, that are important to me, right? These are things that these are, this is really how I see myself. This is how I'm going to give myself a grade on these things. And the simple practice like that you can, for instance, in the journaling course that, that where I, where I teach you my method for daily journaling, that's just like a, you know, whatever. It's just like a quick free course. You could just take, it'll probably change your life for forever. Um, <laughs> that you'll never be the same if you did it and like it change everything about. You're, you, but you'll like look back and just go like, you know what? Actually, everything changed when I started doing that journaling thing Chase talked about. Thank God he made that course. You know, it's like whatever. It's just like one of those courses, um, similar to Steph's goals course or <laughs> Corbett's email to ten thousand subscribers and belong. It's like there's just there's just courses inside of Fizzle that will literally change the way you think about your business forever, even if you just did it for the five week free trial. Fizzle.co slash try five. So what I was what I was saying is if you have. When you have a journaling practice, okay, and now let's just remove that word journaling. When you have a practice, okay, now all of a sudden you have a thing that you do for yourself that sharpens your edge, right? Instead of just relying on running up and against everything else out in the world, and which does sharpen you to quite a bit, it also doles you out and it might make your edge not quite as true as it, as it could be. I don't know if you know this, guys, but like with really fancy chef's knives, it's not necessarily that the edge of the knife gets dull, it's that it can get bent, okay? And so there's a lot of straightening involved with really high-quality steel. Anyways, that's just a little bit, that's a little tidbit that now you know. Um, <laughs> sorry, I get in these tangents, and, and then who knows what, what pops out. But what I'm getting to is that Stephen Covey, you 
you write the things down, you write the things out that you think you need to be, right? So you write out the, um, the, I'm a husband, I'm a, how you see yourself, okay? And then you've got a way of, of telling if you're doing a good job on that or not. You have a way of looking at this and you have a way of looking at it kind of daily or weekly or monthly or whatever your practice is, right? So the thing about this is it is challenging. It is challenging to look at your life, be in a situation where you're presented with a very challenging uh, decision-making moment. Do I scale my business or do I do something completely different, right? And coming at that right now with all that you have right now and trying to make a decision right now can be more challenging than watching how you feel about that decision over the course of a handful of days, weeks, months, things like that, right? So these, like, it's like, I don't know, something about the what you're saying about this metrics dashboard, Corbett, just it makes me realize that that's exactly what this like silly old school like seems cheesy kind of executive level looking at your life type stuff that you get in a Tony Robbins room or in a Stephen Covey book or something like that right can really like that just gives you tools like to be looking at your life and going like daily or weekly like how am I doing in the like sort of being a good husband category yeah like how do how am I how am I doing at that now that's the thing that matters to me if that's not going well, like happy wife, happy life is a is legit. Like it's real. You guys, I have lived it. I've lived it. That is serious. I'm not going back on that. I know that that is true. It's just I'm done being a baby boy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Happy wife, happy life is legit. It's a real thing. Like you, can, it's real, and uh, and that requires things of me. And I want to be. I want to be fit for service there. I want to be like. I want my wife to be satisfied, to be happy you know, on all these levels that she wants to be happy. And I can't make that happen for her, but there's roles that I play because we've got this, we've got this, you know, this common goal of raising our kids together, of having a certain level of connection in the family and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, so I don't know, looking at that, that like scorecard to me, it makes a big difference when you have something of a regular occurrence where you're kind of like, you're, you're CEOing your life just a little more often. You know, versus going for just kind of bouncing from one thing to the next and the next and the next and the next and occasionally going like, wow, man, I'm really, I'm really depressed. That's where I go. Or like, wow, man, I'm really manic or I'm really like, like things aren't going well in my life. And I don't know why that's confusing to, to me. Yep. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I just think this is a great conversation around this, this idea of, of like, I love that we get into this massive thing about intentions through this mm-hmm. one question, which is just like, should I scale or not? But really he's not asking, should I scale or not? What he's confessing is I, <laughs> I'm still hungry. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I'm actually not quite satisfied, but I look around and I'm grateful and I'm like, actually this is pretty good. And I'm glad that I'm a capable being that can create, you know, things at a, at a level like that I'm looking at right now. I'm just looking at what I've made. Like that's amazing. And and this is where I always get like, I kind of sometimes get down on myself because I always want more. Like, I'm just like always talking to God, just going like, yeah, I just, they, do you love me more? Do you love me this much? <laughs> do you want me this much? Can I have that? Can I take that? Is that mine? You know, like this almost like this, this dialogue that we have with what we want. And for some of us, that feel, that might be, maybe feel like, like you shouldn't want that. And some of us maybe feel like, like we don't even know what we want because we're worried about everybody else all the time. 
you know? And so there's this necessary thing where you start like, man, you need your own metrics dashboard and you need to look at your own thing because your family's counting on you to be you because your business and your, your audience, your audience is out there counting on you to, to bring you to the table because you care about it in a way you're, you're, you're profoundly and unbelievably unique in, in your own way. And so like, that's always going to bring something interesting to the party. I don't know, Steph, anything to add in closing here? You guys, anything you want to say uh, like at, on our way out of this? Because I feel like we just like blew up this whole thing. And there really isn't, there's not like a, there's not a real simple thing. Like I always, I'm, I mean, like, I think in the last 10 podcast episodes, I've mentioned like Steph's goals course. I just think this is the best place to go. It's the best like Tony Robbins-y goals type of thing that I've, that I've encountered because it's just totally tranquilo. It's very grounded. It's very easy to approach. And the, and the, the discoveries just happen. Do you know what I mean? They're not like, mm-hmm. you don't have to be put into a room and like sleep deprived and then like pay a lot of money and like have, have other people yelling at you all the time. And then, then you find the secrets. Like, no, it's just like you write some things down you follow the instructions. It's like, oh damn, this is actually, this is teaching me some things about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what comes to mind for me, like out of this whole conversation is I think we've gone from the original question was to scale or not to scale. Um, to me, the question is more after having this conversation, I think it's more, how do I grow with intention instead of just growing for growth's sake, but like we talked about. So that's, that's just the thing that I think I would leave everyone with and that I'm taking away from the conversation is always coming back to that question of if I, like anytime I decide to grow because any decision that you make that takes you in the direction of growth, it will take a lot from you energetically. Um, is that taking me closer to like, and I love the element that you brought in Chase of showing up for the people in your life the way you want to show up. And I think a lot of us fall into the trap. I know personally, this is a thing for me. Um, we, a lot of us get a lot of our self-worth out of our accomplishments when in reality, the people that we love and care about just want us to be us. And so when you give yourself permission to just be that and to just occupy the space that feels best for you. I know I've gotten a lot of relief from being like, you know what? This is cool. Like this is working. This is fine. Like I'm going to take the day off. And so, you know, when you're asking yourself these questions, whether you're just starting or you're further than you ever thought you'd be, and you're thinking about getting to the next level, it's really about bringing it back to how do I want this to feel? What's my intention here versus like blindly going for better and better. So that's, that's kind of my big takeaway from this chat. I love it. Corbett, anything to add in closing here? Um, I just, I, I think that just knowing that there are people who are choosing specifically to become better instead of bigger in their business should make everybody feel like that's an option. And, uh, and hopefully you feel a sense of relief that, that, you know, and, and it doesn't mean that you don't have to have any goals around growth because, you know, all else equal, some growth is good for a challenge and more money in your pocket is always nice. But at the same time, you should consider other goals, both for your life as well as your business that aren't just about money or growth. I love it, man. And I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like, I think this, I think this question is just so important. I think it's such an interesting question. And I mean, I have a full, I mean, the confession here is like, guys, this is like the, all the work that I'm in the life coaching training thing that I'm doing down here. It's like so intense, just all on this.
<laughs> just, just like, and it's forcing me into rooms where it's asking, like, like the instructors are asking me what I want. And I'm like, I don't know what I want. And they're like, well, that's a problem. <laughs> and I'm like, you mean I have to do the, like, you know, and, and forcing me to, to, to discover answers. And, and in that, there's this, there's definitely, there's definitely, you just get the sense that like, there's way more to life. There's way more opportunities than I, uh, than I was typically, I don't know, than I typically let myself see. Do you know what I mean? I settle for a lot and I, and, and we all, I think we all kind of do. So this is, this is from our house to yours, from our family to yours out there, guys. I hope that you guys can, can let this conversation in about how to grow with intention instead of the growth for growth's sake sort of method. I think that's that's killer, and that's what we got to title this sucker. So, uh, Corbett, Steph, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you for all your great <laughs> insights, your brilliant and witty insights, and all of the the life the work that you've been doing to, to shape your personality and your life into such a beautiful bouquet of and- experience. And thanks to Aiden for the question, because it was a great, great fodder for our talk today. Totally. Totally. All right, guys, that is episode 290 of The Fizzle Show. To get show notes here, you go to fizzleshow.co slash 290. Okay? And that's where you're going to find everything. All the links to everything we mentioned here, including... Actually, we don't have a link there to fizzle.co slash try5. What's that, Corbett? It is 290. I have 290. I have 290. Okay. Like I, okay. I, I think I have 290, right. and I was off of Fireside. So right. I'm, we got files. We got files that say 290 uploaded already, but maybe that's because we made a mistake. That's there. that was my that was my issue. That's on that's on 290 that, Corbett. 290. 290. <laughs> 290, everybody. <laughs> 290. Fizzleshow.co slash 290 is where you find all the show notes and links for this episode. We thank you for coming by to the Fizzle Show. We know you have a lot of choices when you fly the friendly skies of podcasting. And uh, we are always so grateful for, uh, for your attention and for uh, being here. Anytime you have questions or you want to get involved or you want to just say, like, your favorite joke, you can always write us at guys at fizzle.co. Talk to you later, guys. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. We'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show. Bye-bye.